How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Poddiva. Hello, hello. This is Rachel Shelley. And yes, Poddiva is officially on their summer holidays. Maybe you can hear the sea lapping in the background there. But I just wanted to say hi, to stay connected, and send you one of my fave episodes, just to keep in touch. Today, a throwback to the comedian Sophie Duker, who I've had the pleasure to interview twice now. Not only is she at the Roundhouse Comedy Festival roundabout now, she's also headlining at By Pride this September. The first interview you'll hear is from the very first episode of Pod Diva back in November 2021, the second from September 2018. And when you finish listening to this podcast, take a look at our extensive Pod Diva archive with over 100 original interviews to explore. Then go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to hear more about all things LGBTQIA+. Pod Diva. Hi. <laughs> I'm a comedian. My name is Sophie Duca. I do comedy. I refer to myself as a triple threat minority, which I recently updated to like a, a triathlete in the Oppression Olympics. Like early in my career, I was like, this is who I am. Yeah, love me. I didn't want to present myself as any one thing because I'm not any one thing. And there are key intersections in my identity, being queer, being a black woman, that really inform who I am and also aren't the kinds of identity that you see on stage or on screen all that often. I am these things and this is how I am queer and this is how I am black and this is how I am a young woman in the world today. And so triple threat minority, my shorthand for being like, here's some stuff. Now let's move on and find out how we're going to get along. Do you feel like it's hindered you being a triple threat minority? I think prejudice is inherent in most industries. As performers and writers, we're playing games of like shared language and shared knowledge and assumptions. Having a handle on people's preconceptions about you is as important when you're walking into the green room as when you're walking into the stage or walking in front of the camera 
And a lot of the people who hold the power in those spaces have quite patriarchal, traditional, set in their ways views. And comedy has been competitive and classist in lots of ways that haven't completely died out. So I think it would be impossible for any kind of comedian to not encounter some prejudice wherever they fall on the spectrum of class or gender or queerness. But as someone who is visibly different and I guess presents occasionally as queer, obviously is visibly black and is a woman, for some people, your presence in those spaces is either a shock or a challenge. We should be able to work in spaces which just accept that people are on a diverse spectrum and any kind of person can do or write or see or watch comedy. They aren't thrown by having a bunch of queer women sitting in the front row because all of their material is misogynistic. When did it first occur to you? When did it, that first thought go into your head, I think I want to be a comedian? I mean, I started doing comedy as an improvised comedy when I was at university. But that involved going to a weird meeting room in one of the Oxford colleges with lots of uh, straight white boys and trying to be very clever and funny, but not as yourself, like making up all these people. But the thought of getting on stage by myself, talking about my life or opinions or just kind of putting forth my own voice... Uh, is not something that I thought I wanted to do. I thought I was definitely too neurotic to be a comedian. And so I was just like, yeah, I like being silly, but I didn't think I actually wanted to be the person alone on stage talking. I think I've started to talk more about my own personal life on stage. I don't think I'm one of those confessional comedians that's like, here's everything about me. Even though I think some comedians are like that and they're brilliant. At the start, a lot of people wanted to tell me you're a political comedian or you should talk about race in this kind of way. My presence on stage is inherently political, which is something that I just have to deal with. But the stuff I talk about is the stuff that I care about. So that might be something as big as what's going on in the world or it might be how I feel about my queerness or stupid bits of 90s trivia. But I think I really care about all the stuff I speak about now. And that's what's the difference between me performing now and when I started out. Now, I know you just won 2021 Funny Women Best Comedy Writer, and that was voted by producers and executives, it says, across the industry. There's so much in comedy that you can do that isn't necessarily being the dickhead with a microphone. Comedy writing, it's really a really powerful way to like inform different worlds and bring your perspective to the kind of stuff that you love consuming. Writing for institutions that might kind of be a bit dusty and finding a way to make them relevant and exciting for all kinds of people is really cool. I've written for Frankie Boyle's New World Order, BAFTAs, 8 Out of 10 Cats, comedians like Catherine Ryan, Netflix shows, Samalan, The Now Show. And sometimes it is very tiring to write like 50 jokes about the T-shirt. <laughs> it's like really fun. It's like a really fun mental game. When I interviewed you last time, Sophie, you had a temping job in an office somewhere in the central London. No. I remember calling you and you had to escape. And then we did a recording in an alleyway. Oh my. But you were great. You were like, yes, I'm going to come and do it. And you were positive and full of energy. (laughs) And then you bounced back upstairs to do whatever temping job you were doing. I mean, that's such a transition. This is only three years later. (laughs) Tell our Pod Diva listeners how that works so now I can pretty much say that I'm a comedian and that is my only work a few years ago the last time you interviewed me that was not my only job up until pretty much the year before the pandemic 
I had some kind of other work going on at the same time as I was doing comedy, purely because comedy isn't immediately profitable for anyone. I come from a background which prioritizes security and security that comes through money. So both my parents are immigrants. I'm second generation. Comedy to me felt very joyful. Comedy felt like play. Writing is something that I've always been passionate about, but the world didn't necessarily point me to that as being something which had security. So I was like, I've always got to be able to work and then I can do this on the side. I've done a lot of jobs while I've done comedy. I've done, <laughs> I've worked in an office. I've worked as a receptionist. I've worked as a waitress. I've worked in a removals company, which is a bad idea because I do not have upper body strength. How I got to where I am today. A combination of working really hard, both at my actual job, but also at my comedy. Went to the festivals and I did the gigs and I wrote the material and I kept doing it, even though a lot of the time it would have been nicer to just have a Saturday night with my friends. One of the things I love to do in comedy is putting on my own shows. I remember doing my first big preview of Diet Woke at the Brighton Fringe. Somehow a group of like queer people found me, sold out the show and also the Telegraph came and I got four stars from the Telegraph before I'd even tried to do a debut show. So that was really nice. A show that I now still do is called Wacky Racists, which is a very stupid, anarchic show that platforms comedians of colour, but also just aims for better representation across the board. So we have POC, we have allies, it's super brown, it's super queer, it's super fun, everyone is welcome, except for actual racists. Those nights go on in London, but hopefully Wacky Racists will be in a town near you soon. I had a great coming out story. I decided to come out to my mum when she came to a preview of Venus, which was my first show. And in it, I talk a lot about my identity. I say that I'm pansexual. I talk about sleeping with women. I thought instead of having a sit down conversation with my mum, I would just make her sit in an audience and watch me say all that stuff. So I, so basically she couldn't interrupt. Uh, it was actually Pride weekend as well, the weekend that I did that. I was really nervous. My partner at the time had to make sure my mum stayed in her seat because around the time when I first was like, oh, I'm queer on stage, she decided she'd get up and get a cocktail from the bar. But she heard it and she watched it. And then at the end of the show, I was kind of like, from doing a preview, but also just not knowing what my mum was going to say. And she came up to me and she was like, oh, pansexual, eh? And I was like, yes. But then it was kind of fine. Just like we didn't talk about it, but my mum was just kind of chill and loving. And I took some pictures with her. And then I went to Black Pride. And I was like, wow, I've done it. This year, we were talking about stuff that as an adult, I've only recently started to talk to my mother about. She was like, oh, I wish you told me because, for instance, you never told me that you were queer. <laughs> And I was like, no, mum, I, I did tell you I was queer. I told you literally in a show and we spoke about it afterwards. And she was like, oh, I didn't know what pansexual meant. And I was like, oh, I came out to you two years ago. I was just like, what? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. I had to come out to my mum again this year. I think she understands now. Wow. I even say, even if you don't understand the word pansexual, the fact that I talk about having sex with women <laughs> during the show surely would give you a clue that 
I'm queer. <laughs> but I think she sort of understood that there was something, but maybe was scared to look further into it. And so left it alone for a long time and was willfully ignorant about it. But when I did tell her this time, she was really wonderful about it. And she sent me a message because I was like, I have to go to a pride gig. I don't know how you haven't got this yet. <laughs> but <laughs> um, She sent me a text being that she's like admires a lot of how I've had to go through lots of difficulties and trauma and worked really hard to heal myself and know who I am and that she'll always be there to support me. But I feel very lucky that I got a really affirming like confirmation of love and support from my mum after she finally understood that I'm queer. Hopefully in three years I won't be like, she didn't understand, she thought it was a joke. <laughs> the ongoing saga. Yeah. Her favourite comedian is the straight woman Hannah Gadsby. She doesn't know that Hannah's... <laughs> I hope that won't be happening in another two years, but yeah. I've been doing comedy for six years, I think, with a Panasonic in the middle. But I've been very lucky. <laughs> I've got like a great community in comedy that I feel very bolstered by because this is diva. I remember being at the 2018 Fringe, maybe a lot of people explicitly or implicitly telling me that I didn't deserve to be there or I wasn't good enough or I needed to work harder. And I found some friends in the people that make up the lol word primarily and some other queer comedians that really helped me relax into who I was on stage and who I wanted to be yeah a community of like queer women and non-binary people it's not been easy all the time but I think a combination of working stupidly hard being lucky and privileged and just like being permitted by the people around me to believe in myself has allowed me to be where I am now you talk about being in Edinburgh there I remember you had the diva cover I went specifically out on a hunt to find Diva. I think I picked it up and hugged it to my chest. I think I had like a <laughs> little Diva as a sort of comforter pillow. It was like a good moment. It's nice to have these, I don't know, amulets. Not also, yeah, I read it. I do, I do realise it's a, a magazine. I wasn't just like, this is beautiful. <laughs> I wonder what it does. I also read it. But I think it's nice to have those like sort of talismans and reminders of of community and of identity around you when you're doing something very difficult, which Edinburgh is, even though it's also very fun. What I'd really like to urge listeners to do, to find spaces that we can support and put money into so that people have actual physical spaces to go, shows to see, therapy to access, places that are providing a home for the community are places that are probably, at the moment, temporary or precariously placed. Go to your queer spaces, go to support your queer performers and, yeah, create safe physical spaces so that they don't disappear. Party. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Diva. Pot Diva. My name is Sophie Duca, and I'm a comedian. Biovisibility Day is something I only recently became aware of. I think it's all linking back to the idea of being acknowledged and being seen. Everybody see me! I think if you are a minority within a minority group, you sometimes don't feel like your particular individuality is being acknowledged, and that's something that's really important to be like, I'm here, I'm valid, I exist. So that's kind of what the day is about, an opportunity to celebrate that. It's a very, very exciting day for me. On Friday, I actually did two gigs, but one of them was a fundraiser for the Outside Project. The Outside Project are London's first LGBTIQ plus community shelter and centre, and I was doing a gig to raise funds and awareness for Biovisibility Day at the same time. So I recently started calling myself a triple threat minority. It's getting people to recognise the intersectionality of things. Like people are used to thinking of you as a black woman or maybe just a gay woman. Oh, very, very good guess. I'm actually brown. 
But they don't realise how those things intersect and how you... <laughs> there's, there's many different sides, many different sides to your character, many different sides to the oppression that you face, many different sides to how you choose to present yourself at any different time. Yeah, that's just a bit of silliness because I'm not very good at singing and acting and dancing, but I am good at being a minority. <laughs> Do you like the word intersectionality? I don't like the word intersectionality just because it sounds so technical. It sounds dull and boring and uh, quite worthy. It's not a a word that annoys me when people use it, but I think it's something that definitely creates a sort of boundary between people who know in inverted commas know how to talk about issues to do with equality and people who don't and I think it's something that a lot of people would be put off by because it looks like something from a textbook. Oh, so the Edinburgh Festival, do you guys know what the Edinburgh Festival is? So we did Wacky Racist at the Bedlam Theatre in Edinburgh. It's also one of the most diverse arts festivals in the world. It's got people from literally all over North London. <laughs> so uh, Wacky Racist is the bigot crushing cabaret comedy show. It basically started up because I wanted to put people on stage who weren't just straight white guys. So I thought of the name, which is a pun which is very exciting it's not actually a night for wacky racists it's not a quirky <laughs> bigoted night I think the reason that I enjoy doing comedy so much to old racists is that I get to introduce them to genuinely novel concepts does anyone do a muttly laugh <laughs> <laughs> maybe me when I'm particularly tickled and the fact that I can speak English. Uh, Wacky Racist is kind of anarchic, very silly, people trying to do brave, interesting things and do something that's outside of the mainstream. So we have a lot of performers of colour, we have queer acts, we have had some white men. I'm very notable, not a straight white guy, thank you! It is caffeinated, melanated and queer AF. We do monthly shows, so the next show is on the 21st of October at 2 North Down in King's Cross. It's happening. Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. Your provocative mind games don't fool us. (laughs) We're not sexist, we're not racist, we're not even homophobic. The only thing that we're intolerant of is lactose. What do you think of the new cover of Diva? I love the cover, it's amazing, it's so good. The last cover with Samira Wiley on it. I bought it while I was in Edinburgh and it was like a healing, nice piece to have, just to hold close to me, like lie in bed clutching Diva to myself. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's nice to have that be a cover. It shouldn't be so exciting, but it is, and it looks, it look, yeah, it looks fantastic. It's a gorgeous cover, it feels really affirming. I love the colours, I love how badass everyone looks. Yeah, it's, it's great. Well done, well done, Lady Phil. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA women and non binary people. Every week, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com Pod Diva Queers for your ears Pod Diva 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.